titles. Go. Kevin. Comic-Con. That's how you follow that up. COVID nightmare. Six degrees of Kevin Smith. Wookie fetish. <laughs> my friend spit in my mouth today. You don't die after 35. Thanks for the Thai food. Can't unshoot a shot. A piece of magic. I can't use this one because we never said it in the show. Fuck. What is you. It? Say it. Just say it. All right. It was. I'd sure like to fist him. What? What? What the hell kind of list are you making over there? Where did that even come from? Believe it or not, Masters of the Universe? (laughs) And vendors might muster, vendors be crazy. Whatever. Cut, cut, cut. Let's go. Ah, what the fuck just happened there? Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. And I'm Kev. Corbs is Thanksgiving. He's, he's a case. Thanksgiving or giving in? Giving in. He's being thankful. Being thankful for being he, thankful for tomorrow. I thought Kev would be the one who no showed because there's snow on the ground. Man, not that, enough snow. Not, not enough. <laughs> He'd be out there just rolling around in it. I love you. Throwing it into the air, letting it land on his face. Yeah, I did that earlier. In slow motion. Nice. So, uh, guys, what's got you geeked? <gasps> well, I'm happy to be alive. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm geeked that we are coming out of our COVID nightmare. I am still technically under quarantine. Um, but, yeah, so my daughter came home from school a few weeks ago and she says to me, daddy, my friend spit in my mouth today. And I'm like, what the, how did that happen? So here's a little PSA. If your kids go to the Latin school, maybe this happens at other schools too, but apparently they tell the kids it's okay to take your mask off while you're on the playground. Now we told her to keep her mask on. They told her something different. So she did. And what did her and her friends immediately do? Swap DNA because that's what kids do. So this happens on Monday. She gets group tested for COVID on Wednesday, and which is too early for it to be picked up. By Saturday, no, Friday, she has symptoms. We get her tested and Saturday she gets a positive COVID test. So the, the timeline matches up perfectly. Um, by Monday, Damara had, was presenting real symptoms. I... <sighs> Didn't think that mine started till Tuesday, but I realized I had a headache Monday night. So mine started Monday night too, technically. 
Um, so it went all around. Now, originally, I wasn't going to get tested because Avery was positive and Damara went to get a test. And I figured, well, if they're both positive, what's the point in me going out? Obviously, hers comes back negative. It's weird, right? So we're like, what the fuck? So I ended up scheduling one and she bought some at-home tests. We don't know what happened with that test, but she took a second test and it was positive. And mine came back right. positive in like 46 seconds or 46 minutes. So wow. I'm, I'm guessing it was like, you know, super COVID. But um. <laughs> But yeah, so we've all been sick and I didn't really get the, the stuff he knows. And you guys know for like three weeks prior, I've been struggling with that lung issue. So I've been sick for a month now, which, right. which sucks. Um, I'm thinking, great. I have COVID. I'm fat. I have diabetes. I just got done with a lung issue. I'm going to fucking die. Um, didn't really have a lung issue. I mean, a little cough sometime, a little stuffy nose sometime. Uh, but what really killed me was the fatigue. I mean, it was, and I was telling you guys before the cameras rolling, uh, it was like sleeping for 15 hours, getting up long enough to eat a couple eggs and drink a cup of coffee and then go back to bed, you know, for another five hours and then get up and be with the family for a few hours and watch TV and then back to bed for like four days straight. I was just, it was fatigue on a level I've never experienced or actually thought was possible. You know, sometimes you can be tired. I mean, we've all been like dog dead tired, but if you have to stay awake, you can. I mean, mm -hmm. this was like falling asleep in chairs and on couches and, and shit, which I don't do just so, but yeah, definitely. I mean, watch it, make sure you tell your kids to keep their masks on also something that was interesting. So we get a positive COVID test. My, my wife calls the school and says, I actually know it was before we got the results. Um, she called the school and said, Hey, we're keeping her home. She has uh, symptoms. We think she was, she encountered COVID. She was, um, you know, one of her friends had it or whatever. And uh, we're getting her tested and, you know, we're keeping her home right now. People at school go, you don't need to tell us that. We don't need to know. You can just send her to school. If we call you and tell you she has symptoms, then you can get her tested or will test her. So they basically said, if you're sure your kid has COVID, but you don't have a positive test that came from the school, just send them to school. It's fine. Holy shit. Yeah. And we were just like fucking flabbergasted. They, they, they almost, it seemed like they were you know, chastising my wife for being responsible, proactive and responsible. Yeah. yeah. She was just like, I can't fucking believe this. So, I mean, I, we, we love the school. I mean, they've been great in lots of other aspects, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like this experience. This is sucked. Mm -mm. That's wow. You should go burn the building down. No. Or, or don't. Because then she'll have to stay home for the rest of the year and I can't well, do anymore. You got to kill all the COVID. I mean, wait until everybody's out of it. Don't do it when there's people there. And then homeschool my daughter for the rest of the year. Sure. I'll send her to your house, actually. I, I, will, I won't be here through the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hawkeye. this is the girl that tonight we're watching Hawkeye. Okay, and you you the opening. You've seen it, Paul? Okay. Sorry. Not, this doesn't ruin a damn thing. That's okay. It's yep. the opening. Yeah, the, the opening of it shows a young Kate Bishop, and it's during the Avengers battle for New York, and she's standing there, apartment gets blown open, the alien craft is heading toward her, and then it explodes, and she sees Hawkeye, he just blew it up, and then he does the arrow thing and swings down the building, so he saves her life, and that, that imprints on her, right? right? And that says 2012, and then it goes, current day. Avery's like, I don't understand, if she was a kid back then... And she's an adult now, wasn't, and he's an adult now. Why wasn't he a kid back then? And we paused it. You know, that's a good question, though. But, but it's not, because it was nine years. Well, <laughs> yeah, but 
Now, I'm going to defend her here because when I was a kid, I thought everybody, you know, older than like 25 was like ancient and old and like, you know, half dead. It wasn't until I turned 40 that I realized, well, you don't actually die after 35. So kids don't have a perception of age after a certain point. I mean, old people yeah, just look old. Dude, she's 10. Yeah, I, I don't she know. She really... I feel, Trust me, if you spent any time with her, you wouldn't defend her. In fact, earlier this week, she because she got got over it really quick. She goes, <laughs> "I got got you guys sick, and you still feel bad, but I feel fine now." <laughs> That's funny. She's a twisted okay. little kid. She is. Or daughter. I like her. <laughs> I like her. But it's the same thing that happened in my house. Both the kids were like over it in a day. So. Oh. <laughs> How about you, Kev? What's got you geeked? Oh, man, I had all sorts of fun here last weekend. And uh, it was just one hell of a weekend. A buddy of mine had a, had a company party and had a few people didn't show up at the last minute. So he invited the, the wife and I out and went to Turning, Turning Stone, spent the night and had a phenomenal meal. Hung out with them until all hours of the, of the evening and Watched some, uh, watched some of our friends win some money at some uh, video slots and got up the next morning and I went to a comic con in Saratoga. It was an awesome weekend. So just still on the, still riding that uh, roller coaster. That's good. awesome. You know, I saw some of those comic con pictures and it made me realize all this time that we've been doing this, like this show, all of this, this is all just side stuff. The true purpose of GeekPod is to put Paul in the room with as many viewers, people as possible, as often as possible. That's the full function of the podcast. It works. Yeah. It does work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our shirts actually got some attention there, too. So yeah. it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. We, we wore our, uh, our GeekPod shirts. You know, I've got mine on tonight. I um, assume I'm going to hear all about this. Right you now. are. Yes. Oh, probably. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, no, it was, uh, it was good. It was good. And, of course, the snow is here. So I'm a happy camper. Nice. Um, and me, it's, it's going to sound like a broken record, but mine, um, I'm super geeked over my mega weekend of awesomeness. Um, I, I also had quite a busy weekend. Friday night, uh, took the kids to see the Eternals. Saturday night, took, uh, took dad to see uh, WWE Superstars Live for the WWE Super Show. And then um, Sunday, as oddly enough, I went to Saratoga for the Comic-Con. Um, and uh, a good time was, was had by all. So, But, yes, I'm gonna, we're going to get more in-depth on that a little later in the show. Um, all right. On, on the, the Comic-Con, right? Um, and, and I bring up the, uh, the, the WWE a little bit, okay. too. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to touch on that as well. Okay, cool. Uh, so, but right now, what are you guys playing? Me? You. Go for it. Me? Oh, I, mine's quick and easy. Um, I just wanted to say that the, you know, Settlers Online is still a piece of shit, but um, I'm still into it. No, it's, they're trying. I, I know the devs are trying. They're, they're having a hard time with the uh, conversion over from Flash to uh, HTML5. And uh, I mean, they're having a real hard time with it. They've lost a lot of people. Um, but uh, I weathered through and we just finished the Halloween event. And um, it was it was all right, you know. There was a few people around, and those that were there, you know, seemed like they're old old names that I recognize. So, 
I get a chance to uh, to play some adventures with them, do some do some raiding with them, I guess you want to call it. Um, so that was a good time. But no, that's that's about all. Nice. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I played today. I played this list this brand new game. I've never played this before. Okay, so I'm sitting here and I realized that we can't have Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow because we're under quarantine. I mean, our Thanksgiving is having my mother-in-law over, but I mean, that, that, that's the family gathering. She can't come to our house yet. So we've pushed off our Thanksgiving to Saturday when we're out of quarantine and it's safe for her to come over. So I've got the turkey thawing out and everything, but you know, we had nothing for tomorrow. And I'm like, you know, we want to at least have something special to eat tomorrow because we are already kind of down in the dumps because we can't celebrate Thanksgiving. We've been stuck in the house. So I'm like, hey, no worries. Chinese takeout places are always open on holidays. Guess which holiday none of them are open for. Uh, I mean, apparently Peking Turkey must be a thing. You know, they're all going to be home celebrating with their families. Um, So I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? I scratch my head. I go, you know what? I'm going to go to Aldi. They got a bunch of their Fusa brand frozen Asian food. I'm going to see if I can buy some shit and have it delivered. So I do that. I go on Aldi's and I pick out all this stuff. And then I check out. And it says, okay, um, your shop, your shopper is going to be Johnny B and he'll, we'll let you know when he starts uh, picking stuff up. So I've just left it up in the corner of my screen while I'm working. And then all of a sudden I see one item checked off and it shows Johnny B has gotten one item, 16 items to go. And I'm like, it's a game. <laughs> so I sat here just glued to the screen as he checked everything off, waiting for him not to be able to find something and for it to ask me what I would like as an alternative. Luckily, Johnny B is a really, really good player. Not only did he find everything on my list, but he also delivered us a can of pumpkin and a jar of blackberry jam I didn't pay for or ask for. So I'm guessing maybe I got the bonus. I don't know. But it was a lot of fun. I had no idea Instacart had steaks involved. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Kevin's down there like, I can't believe I hang out with this idiot once a week. All this time, I knew there was a there was something else to this whole you know delivery thing, and it, it, that's just it. It's a game. It had to be something. Yeah, I had no idea either, but you know, I kind of dig it now. Nice. I've yet to try this. Uh, maybe I'll try the mobile version sometime. Uh, mobile one probably has lots of ads. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> Hopefully for all these. <laughs> um, so, Kev, yeah. why don't we move right along to Kev's tabletop review? Dude, I, I, Dudes, I found um, a phenomenal uh, bunch of game players on YouTube. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of them out there, but these guys do they, they do playthroughs, they do reviews, and they showed playing this game, and it was absolutely the best thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know what I'm going to talk more about. The fact that this this group, which is actually Polygon, if you just look up Polygon on YouTube, you'll find their channel. 1.26 million subscribers. And the game I have for you tonight is One Night 
ultimate werewolf. I don't know if you can see that picture. Right. Man, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to say in Paris for a second there. One night in Paris? No. One night, one night, ultimate werewolf. And what they call this, now, I didn't realize that this, this genre actually had um, a, a generic title, but they're called hidden role games. So this is the third type of hidden role game that I've, that I've purchased. The first being Bang, the dice game. The second being the, the, the one I reviewed over Halloween. I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the title of it right now. But this one is the third in that series. And the whole idea is you assume a personality, you know, based on the cards that are, that are dealt in the, in the game, these little, these little play tokens. And then everybody else has to figure out who you are. This actually couples with an app on your phone that guides you through the process and actually provides the timers and, and the steps to do the certain parts of the game. If you watch the playthrough, it's fantastic. They, um, they do a simple round uh, where they have five players and they have not all of the roles included. And the app tells them, and they all have to start with their eyes closed because it's werewolves. Werewolves only come out at night. So everybody has their eyes closed. You have your hands on the table and uh, where your card is. And um, they, they have certain players open their eyes and do certain things one at a time so like the werewolf will open up his eyes or if there's two werewolves they both open up their eyes they look at look around and see if there's any other werewolves okay now they know who the werewolves are um then the next part is the troublemaker he might open his eyes and then he has to go maybe change some cards or, or look at a card or something and then there's um, a seer and some other things the whole idea is you have to guess who the werewolf is and if you do and you kill the werewolf. So everybody, if, if the majority of the players guess who the werewolf is, then everybody in the village lives. If they don't guess who the werewolf is, everybody dies. So it's a one-round game. Everybody plays. And you go back and forth. And you try to hide who you are. You try to convince the rest of the players who the werewolf is. And if there's two werewolves, you got to try to ferret that out. And then later on, there's more difficult players like a doppelganger, which assumes the identity of another player. It's It looks like it's an absolute riot of a game. And their playthrough is fantastic. As I was saying, they start out with the, the, uh, the fewer um, uh, characters, and they slowly add one extra character. So you can see how that character actually plays in, in the game. But what they do is, and this is really cool, the very first round, they show what everybody's cards are and they show how they interact and they show how they can kind of fool each other or not. The next round, they don't really go through all the steps of getting to where they are, but they show most of who the players are. And the very last round that they play, they don't tell you who any of the players are and you just get to sit and play along like you're one of the, like you're one of the players. What a fantastic way to do a review. And I just can't, I can't say enough about it. I think they did a fantastic job. Again, Polygon is the group on YouTube. Um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf is the game, and I, I, I can't play. I can't. I can't wait to play it. Three to ten players. I want to say this was around twenty between twenty and thirty dollars for the game. Totally worth it. Again, got the game at uh, Play the Game, Read the Story in uh, in Destiny Mall. So I'm going to plug them. 
uh, just because they have a, a fantastic selection of stuff. This is one of the two games that I bought the, the night I stopped in there before, uh, before we did our Halloween show. And um, uh, the, the fellow there talked me, you know, described a bunch of different games to me, described this one a little bit, and I, it sounded great at the time. The review really makes it sound great. I did not look this one up on BoardGameGeek.com tonight, but I'm sure they have a review there. Um, and I've uh, referenced the um, manufacturer is, what is it, Berserk Games? What is the name of this company? Probably on the box you have next to you. Uh, Bezier. B-E-Z-I-E-R. Yep, Bezier Games. And they have a few of them. And they even say, I, th- I thought this was interesting. Their games can be combined with other games in the One Night series for epic battles. Nice. I, it just makes you want to buy more of their games, put them all together, and see what happens. So... Can't wait to play this. Check out Paragon on YouTube, and when uh, when we when we get a chance to to get a get some time with this game, I'll make sure I come back and let you guys know what I really think about it. But I'm 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 very very excited about this one. Awesome! Another one that sounds really cool. It does. All right, I think it's a good time to throw it to commercial break, and we'll come back with the news. Stick with us, guys. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. Since it's a Thanksgiving holiday, before you have to listen to your grandfather obliviously tell that horribly racist story about the friendly Negro boy who helped him find the last turkey in town his first Thanksgiving with your grandmother, here's the news. First up, Injection Psych. That creepy cousin who still wanted to play doctor at your junior year family reunion, QAnon, is taking a backseat this week to the full tilt crazy of anti-vaxxers. Guess what the new crazy is? uninjecting your COVID vaccine. The new trend is getting vaxxed to meet mandates and then immediately trying to undo the vaccine. Besides the fact that a below average five-year-old or any man with a pregnant side chick could tell you you can't unshoot a shot, recipes for baths, cupping methods, and all sorts of carny bullshit are popping up on social media. There are baths that will do nothing but irritate your skin and eyes and make you smell like a freshly cleaned a toilet bowl. In diagrams on how to uninject the vaccine at the injection site, with a syringe. 
while making a bath of bleach and ammonia might solve all of your problems in hours, if I'm being honest, none of that is going to undo a vaccine that's already begun working before you even leave the clinic. Vax Avenger 69 does not have a holistic miracle scrub that can undo billions in pharmaceutical research. Your stupidity makes my ass itch. Next up, rolling down the rabbit hole. This past Monday night, a fan jumped the barricade and tackled WWE superstar Seth Rollins as he headed to the backstage area. While this kind of thing happens from time to time, the details surrounding this are disturbing. 24-year-old Eliza Spencer was arrested for the attack. He proceeded to post to social media later that it was him and that him and Rollins have beef. He also stated he was booked by Goldberg and Vince McMahon to be there and made strange allusions to being part of the tribal family and doing this for The Rock and Rikishi. Some very strange shit is going on there. An internet sleuth by the name of Steven Zoto did some digging and found a trove of interesting information on Spencer's Instagram. He had apparently been scammed out of a bunch of money by a fake Instagram account posing as Seth Rollins back in 2019. The resulting messages and obsession over Rollins extended to veiled threats to him and even his wife, Becky Lynch, while she was pregnant with their first child. This guy needs a serious intervention. But it mm. gets weirder. The next day, former WWE superstar and current assistant manager at the downtown parking garage, Chavo Guerrero, threw shade at Rollins, saying, remember when wrestlers were tougher than the fans? While this, he was clearly scrambling to gain a sliver of relevancy from someone else's spotlight, I don't see how Rollins could have handled it any better. The guy blindsided him, and he managed to keep him in a headlock until security intervened. Other than having Becky come out and kick the guy's ass, I think he did the right thing. And finally, defem Shep or not defem Shep, that is the question. Amazon Studios is closing in on a deal to bring the Mass Effect video game franchise to our TV screens. No jokes here, as there are zero details to report right now. It will be interesting, as the video game allowed you to play as a male or female version of the main character, and that choice followed you through the entire trilogy. This is a potential hornet's nest, as no matter which way Amazon decides to go, there will be adult virgins rage posting at them to die in a fire. And that's the news, kids. Now, please be careful over the holiday weekend. We care about all of our listeners. And if you find yourself in a situation where you have to shoot someone, be sure to double check the color of your skin to make sure you can get away with a self-defense plea. Paul? In other news, Frank Sinatra was offered the lead role in Die Hard. Back to you, yo. Now, I know the holidays can be a somewhat depressing time for those of us that have to spend time alone. Now, maybe you're an asshole and nobody likes you. And so they won't come to your house for Thanksgiving or let you come to theirs. Or, you know, maybe everyone you love is dead, like that typo negative song. Or maybe you have COVID and you're in quarantine and you can't go and spend time with your family and friends that love you very much. I'm sure they do. They, they do love you. I'm sure they must. It, it'll be fine next year. So if you find yourself at home with, with nothing to do and feeling kind of sad, We've got the cure for what ails you. And Hugh's holiday movie review, have I got a treat for you. Not only does this movie lift the spirits, but it's also uh, a theme to what we're experiencing right now. It is Black Friday, the movie. The movie stars Bruce Campbell as a store manager of a, a place called We Love Toys. It's basically a toy department store next to an Walmart, And he's your typical 
little past middle aged store manager who gets off on power and really, you know, it's his entire life. You have a cast of characters and Ivana Baccaro plays Marnie, who's, you know, the early 20s cashier girl who maybe will go on to do something. Maybe she won't. Devin Sawa plays Ken, who is the older guy who's kind of dating her, but kind of not. It's a little creepy, but they actually talk about it. We all know that the old guy in the department store who tries to be the cool guy and dates the young girls, but, you know, it never really goes anywhere because it's kind of gross and nasty he's that guy which i think is who he plays in real life too i'm not sure we also have uh, archie played by michael jai white who uh, honestly i do not know why this guy is not a big action star after spawn and everything i've seen him in he must have fucked the wrong guy's wife because I, why is he pushed so far down to the bottom of the barrel he uh, taps into those action star roots and uh, plays uh, the janitor uh, fix-it guy around the store. He's a tough guy. And finally, rounding out the cast, we have Ryan Lee playing Chris, who is a um, newly graduated uh, young man. It's his first job. You know, this is the place he went to as a kid when he wanted toys. He'd beg his parents to bring him to We Love Toys. So he's all excited about having his first job, but now he also has to pay rent, and he's slowly having the life drained out of him by corporate retail culture. This is uh, our playground, folks. This is the cast of characters. This is where they are. And as I, I was wanted to watch this movie just because of Bruce, Bruce Campbell. I'm going to watch anything he does. Uh, I was surprised to find out it's also a horror movie. I didn't realize that. But it's a fun, campy horror movie. So there's some sort of uh, meteor shower that's raining down these pods that's turning people into aliens and zombies, hybrid things. You never really know what the fuck they are. It's weird. I, but basically, all these people are trapped in this store. They're trying to survive. And they're trying to get out. I, I don't want to give too much. Um, there are definitely bad special effects. Um, there are definitely some cheesy sequences. There's also a lot of heartwarming uh, scenes as the cast of characters break down their, their public, rough, brash selves and really get down to what they, who they are on the inside. So there, there's a heartwarming aspect to it. It's definitely funny. Uh, definitely has some great spots and you know it's it's just nice to see some of these people have work again you know it warms my heart around this time of year uh, but if you have a few minutes you have some time if you're not doing anything check it out uh, it's not going to be an oscar worthy performance but i don't think you're going to walk away from this uh feeling like you wasted your time it's it's a fun time waster if i thought it was going to be what waiting was but for the retail industry not quite but definitely i was not disappointed uh, I certainly hope that Roger Ebert has uh, something nice to say about that. And for the record, that's how you follow that up. Paul? How many what? stars do you give it? Out of five, definitely three, maybe three and a half. Nice. A question. Yeah. Okay. Is Bruce Campbell the only one in the movie that anybody would recognize? I think that, well, Devin Sawa was in Final Destination oh, and Chucky oh, series. And, you know, Michael Jai White, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. It just, he never, it's kind of like he was, he should have been like the next Wesley Snipes after Spawn and someone in Hollywood said, you know, fuck you. Oh, he was in a Seagal movie. He's probably been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He was also in The Dark Knight. Uh, yep. Yep. He, he played was. Gamble, one yeah. of the, the crime bosses. He was the one that helps. Uh, yeah do the yeah. uh the pencil trick i believe yeah but his his definitely his biggest starring role was his spawn was what in spawn spawn, spawn. Oh, todd mcfarland spawn With John he, was he was he spawn he yes. was oh oh huh, okay 
<clears throat> well, I just, just had a question. Well, I did go to RogerEbert.com, and clearly Ebert himself is not reviewing movies anymore since he is very dead. Uh, but one of his staff members, Mr. Brian Tellerico, uh, went ahead and did a review for Black Friday. He gives it two stars, Hugh. And he says, <clears throat> horror icons, no, that's a stretch, Devin Sawa and Bruce Campbell deliver in Black Friday. Casey Tebow's low-budget horror comedy about the true terror of consumerism. Echoes of the ultimate commentary on mindless shopping. What is going on with the scroll? Hold on. My, my page just went nutty. Throw a saving roll. We're going to try this, but my, my screen's all wonky. Um... Echoes of the ultimate commentary on mindless shoppers in George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead are inevitable. But this movie also reminded me of a lot of other indie filmmakers of the 80s and 90s, from Sam Raimi to Kevin Smith. Sadly, <laughs> it always comes back to it somehow. Six degrees of Kevin Smith here. <laughs> Sadly... The wealth of good influences doesn't quite produce a good film as the clunky writing and messy action derail the momentum of the piece. It's an easy watch in a B-movie marathon, but you'll have forgotten it by the time you're done with the Thanksgiving leftovers. Sawa plays Ken, a guy who is at least a decade older than most of his co-workers at a big box toy store. Do those still exist? And complains about giving half of his meager paycheck to his ex-wife and not seeing his kid. Like most people, he hates having to work on Black Friday, but manages to manages his miserable life. Well, even the things, review is making you yawn. Right. <laughs> with things like booze hidden in the bathroom ceiling and a fling with a coworker. His counter is Chris, played by Ryan Lee, the relatively new kid who hopes to move past the retail sector soon, but worries that he's getting stuck in it. He might see his future self in Ken, and that's not a good thing. As the gooey stuff hits the fan, Black Friday develops sort of a breakfast club dynamic that also includes the obnoxious floor manager, Brian, played by Ste Stephen Peck, Confident Marnie, played by Ivana Beccaro, Big Boss Jonathan, played by Bruce Campbell, and the one guy who looks like he might be ready for the end of the world, Archie, played by Michael J. White. Black Friday takes place on the infamous shopping day. Well, the early hours of it as the toy store opens before the sun rises to let in the rabid consumers. Before you know it, they're literally rabid, taken over by some sort of alien zombie creature that leads to a lot of sticky, icky, practical effect scenes. The makeup work here is admirable, but Tebow never bothers to create actual tension. The trick with horror comedy is that the first half as seriously as the second. The first half is to take Jesus fucking Christ this guy's terrible the trick with horror comedy is to take the first half as seriously as the second but the set pieces here are so content to show off the makeup and those practical effects that things like taut editing and disconcerting framing are ignored Somewhat surprisingly, it's the cast that works best in Black Friday. Campbell is the king of this kind of stuff. It's hard not to think of the great army of darkness as things go down at this S-Mart wannabe. But he doesn't coast here. Leaning into both Jonathan's early smarminess and eventual unexpected heroism, he gets a speech that's a must-see from Campbell fans. 
He's easily the best thing about Black Friday. But a lot of the cast works, including Baccaro, known for her young performance in Pan's Labyrinth and Sawa, always a confident leading man. Sadly, White is wasted, dispatched before he's given much to do. Why they chose to cast an actual action movie star and then not really give him any action is a mystery. It also doesn't help that almost nothing is done with the film's general conceit of mindless shoppers acting just a hair more mindless as they become creatures out of invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, I can't hold it back Let it anymore. out. Let it out, man. Just let it all out. The script by Andy Greskoviak nods to the fact that no one should really have to leave their family during Thanksgiving dinner to sell overpriced toys. Campbell gets a fun speech about how deceptive the sales truly are when he reveals that they mark down the TVs, but mark up the cords needed to use them, for example. But the film lacks teeth. It's too content with its premise to really do anything with it, like a sales advertisement that gets you in the store, but doesn't stock the shelves with anything worth buying. Ooh, metaphor. That guy should really probably polish his writing skills. Just like, yeah. Made it really hard for me to trip through that one. Man, no. that, that was only slightly better than mine. And I found out I had to do this 10 minutes before we started recording and have nothing written down. So you this, did should really good. Be, this should be more polished than that. Yes. Kind of like a turd. I miss the days of, you know, copy editors that had to actually read through stuff before it got published. Yeah. That doesn't really exist anymore. Nope. Um, wow. All right. Let's move on. Let's. I'm going to watch that movie. Me too. You should. You should. It was fun. I didn't know it had already been out for a bit. Yeah, it came out of the 19th, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that, uh, what the hell's his name? What the, I forget. Bruce Campbell? No, the other guy. Devin Sauer. Michael J. White. He was in two different uh, Seagal movies. He's also in a SWAT. And he played Jax in Mortal Kombat, I believe. Not not the regular the older movies. One. No, no, no. It was the uh, web series. Oh, okay. that led to the new movie. I mean, nice. not not directly, but that's what that was kind of like the concept for the uh, Mortal Kombat film. Legacy. That one. Uh, I think so. Yeah. That could be it. It was a really yeah. well produced web series that kind of got the uh, the gears moving for the the new movie franchise. And now, where uh, where is the streaming, Hugh? Uh, I know it's on Amazon uh, to rent right now because it's brand nice. new. Um, I don't know about if any other platforms have it. Oh. I mean, we, we all have Google. We can look it up. Right. I was just wondering if you had that information. I just didn't. I didn't know if it was actually a theatrical release right now or. I, I rented it on Amazon. So. Nice. Very, very cool. Um, so we have a little bit of time before we need to go to break. Do we want to start discussing some of uh, these super mega weekend of awesomeness? Yeah. Bring it. All right, um, let's let's tackle WWE before the break, and we'll come back and we'll do the con. Uh, Hugh, you said you had something to ask about it. Or... Uh, yeah, yeah. I just i I seem to recall that all the shows that came to Syracuse were all all the shitty shows. You know, they didn't do anything. If it's not a TV taping, there's no big names here. That's how it, I thought it used to be. But you were sending pictures, and everybody was there. Reigns and Lashley. I mean, it looked yeah. it. Just from the people that were there, it looked like it was a good fucking show. It was a great show. Um, and they did say at the beginning of it that it was being taped for future use. 
Um, but they it clearly wasn't anything televised now. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. And I mean, I don't know how much further in the future you could do it because it all relies heavily on current storylines, like in all yeah. the feuds and everything. But yeah, I mean, it was mostly raw superstars. I noticed that there was like one or two matches that were SmackDown. Excuse me, guys. Um, but great show. Great show. They, you could also tell they were having a lot of fun. That's the fun yeah. part of down where we were. You could see all, them laughing and having a good time with each other. And while they were wrestling. Yeah. Like you could, you, like, you're probably not supposed to notice it. Like when they're, they're making like little shitty remarks to each other in the ring. And then you'll see somebody chuckle and like, or like when uh, it started right off with an eight man tag match. And that was the street profits and RK bro. And they were waiting for their opponents to come in and they're all just standing in the ring. Like you can see, they're just bullshitting and chuckling and Orton's there. Like, I think he was cracking jokes because it's a, they were having a good time. And you know what? They, they commit to it just like they would on TV. Like when Riddle came into the ring, he jumped in and flung his fucking sandals into the crowd. It was great. Wrong direction. Otherwise they probably would have came to us. Um, and uh, God, who the fuck did they take on? I don't remember now. AJ Styles and Omos and the Dirty Dogs. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Um, there was really good matches all throughout, except the only snooze fest was um, when Nakamura was supposed to be taking on Jinder Mahal. And Mahal and, and Skanky or Shanky or whatever his name is came out first. And, and he made... Shanky do a rap supposedly. I don't. Okay. I don't know. It, it must be a new thing they're doing, and uh, and then of course, Boogs and um Nakamura come out, and I found something out immediately, and I I posted the picture as as part of the pictures. Boogs was wearing um wrestling gear, which I found odd, and it was supposed to be a one on one match, um. Boog's wrestling gear, by the way, was um, knee pads and a singlet made to look like denim overalls. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him wear that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did um, he do the whole playing the guitar thing coming out? Came down to the ring playing the guitar. It was legit because, like, you could hear the difference in the audio between the. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and they have a Titan Tron up there, too, don't they? Yes, they did. The they had the. Keep- and it wasn't the full Titan Tron because you wouldn't get the full videos when they were coming down. Yeah. You would just get like the, the name placards and all that, but it was really cool. And, um, well, the kid behind us, um, and I don't say this to be mean. I, I really, really hope he had some sort of, um, mental handicap because he's mid twenties looked like a normal person. Um, t-shirt jeans ball cap but he was so over the top excited for everything that happened at wrestling and would loudly proclaim who every wrestler was like what what their deal was in the whole thing like like he was a super fan with no social graces clearly wow oh, um, oh was that really you and you're just no, no, exactly. I was mystified. No, it was his dad. It was his dad. It could have been. Like, my dad has all that exact same information, but 
apparently knows enough not to shout it out into a crowd, surprisingly. Um, but I mean, this kid was so over the top with it. Like when Pooks was playing, this is what reminded me of it. He's shouting behind us that that's the best guitar playing he's ever heard in his life. And, <laughs> and like things like that. And I did take the opportunity to, you know, glance over my shoulder to see what I was looking at. Like if this was an overgrown 10 year old or something, and that would have been more appropriate, but no, this kid was clearly mid twenties and was accompanied by a very, very attractive young lady, probably also the same age. Um, so I was, I was shocked. Uh, the kid got, had so to have it, been his sister had to have been, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, it got to the point where this kid must have been annoying everybody around him. So people behind him would start <laughs> purposely cheering for the opposite person that he was cheering for. <laughs> <laughs> and it became a whole thing. He would start arguing with them and explain to them how he, he, he knows more about wrestling than them. He watches it every day and he watches it on YouTube. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there was an issue there and he wasn't just, that awkward all right um, but yeah it, it was awesome we had a great time um too much money was spent by my my father because he wanted to get stuff for the girls and was banned from getting them t-shirts uh because Kristen said that she did not want the girls wearing t-shirts with half naked women on them I would have taken one of those shirts, just so you know. Right. They didn't have any good shirts. I I was looking at the oh. merch table. There wasn't anything great anyway. They did have legit replica belts for sale to the tune of $250 a piece. They really pushed those. I just can't yeah. imagine. I mean, for I, what? I love my What's it going to do? I mean, if I spend $250 on a WWE belt, I'm carrying it around everywhere. Like yeah. I'm just walking into work with the belt over my shoulder. If Sasha Banks would deliver it personally, I would take one. I'm thinking it would be a little more expensive than that. Yeah. Um, okay. As he's like, <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, and she like, was there. Bank. She was there. I know. I saw the picture. Mm-hmm. Lost. Yep. Um, but like you said, most of the big names were there except for the Raw heavyweight champion. Big E was not there, surprisingly enough. Um, now, I, I got to ask, because it's been so long since I've seen live wrestling. I seem to recall it not being as impactful in person because you can't really hear the mat sounds as well as you can on TV. Um, what was your opinion? What, what is it? Because they've made changes, like even to like the, the ring posts to mm-hmm. make it so they're louder now when they hit them. Yeah, and, the, and these were definitely old-style ring posts. They didn't have all the, the extra sh- shit on them and everything. Okay. Uh, you could hear ring sounds. You could definitely hear the, the slaps when they're hitting themselves as they, they kick and punch and all that. Um, but we were pretty close. We were maybe seven rows back from the ring. Um, but it still, it does seem a little muted when you're there in person. Okay. Because every time they get thrown out of the ring and everything, you can't see unless you're in the front row. So you don't know what's going on down there. Um, and you don't hear anything that they're saying or there's clearly no commentary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even the the acoustics from being down on ringside, when they're talking on the microphone, no idea what they're saying. Oh, wow. 
You know, I, I, I wonder if you saw anything like this. I noticed something on this week's Raw. I, I caught it. I should have actually rewound it, uh, but I watch Raw in VLC. Uh, and, and I can't, because of my weird mouse cursor issue that I, I told you about, I can't really accurately back up just a little. So most of the time I won't bother. But I swear when they did one pullback shot, you know, from up further in the ring, I swear I saw a drone floating around the side of the ring. And at first I thought it was their stupid computer graphics that they do for Raw with a drone, but this is like tiny, like no one would notice it. Um, Interesting. And, and it just made me wonder if they're starting to use drones to get some of that footage. I wouldn't be anything? surprised. I, no, they definitely didn't do anything like that there. They okay. had like normal cameramen okay. who would come out around the ring. And I, I just, that, that seems kind of dangerous. You know, I, and what if your batteries run out in the middle of the match? Or <laughs> Boom. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but all in all, good time. Uh, there was multiple, um, championship title matches. Surprisingly, no one lost their titles in a, in a non-televised house show. Uh, the night nobody, before a major pay-per-view. Nobody tackled <laughs> Seth Rollins? Not there. No, no. Apparently that happened two days later. <laughs> and by the way, since we were discussing that, when that happened and the way they cut away from it so fast during Raw, yeah, I thought it was Kevin Owens came out and hit him because he was wearing uh, like the red shirt or whatever. And then they never went back to it. I'm like, well, that was weird until I saw the news item today about it. You know what was also weird is, you know, Seth came back out later that night um, and faced two guys or so. He came out later for something. I forget what it was now. And Seth was clearly supposed to be the bad guy. But if you notice... The crowd chanted his music through that entire match. Yes, I did, did you notice, notice that. that? Yeah, I'm like, holy shit! He's like over, over. Like yeah. they're not supposed to be doing that, and that means either they're gonna run with it and and make him huge, or Vince is gonna try to like fire him now, right? <laughs> because the crowd's not reacting the way they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I did catch that that they were doing his music, and that's. Yeah, they're in trouble if they want to have him to have a heel run still. Yeah, I mean, that that makes between him and Becky, they almost have more power than uh, Nick Khan and Vince McMahon. <laughs> um, I'm just looking through to see if there's anything uh, else in the notes about the WWE Super Show. Uh, nope. That was about all I had for it. Um, what do you guys say we... Uh, we cut to break, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap the show up. All right. Stick with us, guys. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics.
And then there was Comic-Con, my first, actually, uh, believe it or not. And it was an absolute riot. I think think what I was most surprised about um, going to the Saratoga Comic-Con was the quality of some of the people's outfits. I, I didn't really expect to see anything at the level that we saw. We saw some very well done uh, uh, costumes that obviously took people a lot of time and effort to to put together. And, and I think it was just fantastic. And people were so nice. Yes. If you stop, if you stop to ask them, or if you just walked over and said, "Hey, can I take a picture?" They would pose. You know, and everyone else would move away, and it was it, it was it was really really a good time. Now, like 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 Kev said, this was his first con, so he did have questions for me. Like when we we're walking by, Kai's players and stuff, and he's like, "Is it okay if you stare at them?" I'm like, "That's why they're dressed up." You know what I mean? It's, so he was he was cool about it. He he was worried about etiquette. I was a little concerned about him on the way to the con, though, because we're, we're driving through and he's talking to a friend of his. And I'm assuming this is something that's come up in the past for them both. Something came up about a Wookiee and all of a sudden Kevin busts out with, well, you know, it's my dream to fuck a Wookiee. I do believe I said female. No, you you added the addendum to that. All you, right. you, you went back and made sure. But I, I, I nearly drove off the road. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think the closest you can get to that on this planet is in Newfoundland, but I could be wrong. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, um, Kev has a, uh, a Wookiee fetish. So, hey, I mean, and to I, each their own. I found her, actually. Um, you can look her up. Uh, oh, no. Her name is Casey Altair. She has her own website. Oh, God. I believe it. Leave it at that. Casey K A S I, just so you know. You'll find it. Okay. Um, I had to write that down so you can put it in the show notes. Um, so, I mean, this all came together rather quickly for us, too. On Friday, uh, we were at work and I mentioned something about I had wanted to go up there, but it looked like I was going to be, I, there wasn't anybody to go with or something like that. And Kevin immediately, I don't have any plans on Sunday. So then it turned into where we're going. Um, And it was kind of a no-brainer, too, because, I mean, if you looked at the line from where you live to to get to Saratoga, where we had to go, it went right by where I was going to be Sunday morning. So it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. You can't beat that. Absolutely perfect. No, yeah, he swung by Turning Stone, picked me up, and off we went. Yes. Uh, uneventful trip, other than, you know, the Wookiee fetish thing. Um, uh, so we got there. Uh, Hugh, I don't think it was there when we were there last time, but do you know right behind the convention center is this huge fucking parking garage now? No. Huge. I recall that. Yeah, I, I didn't think so either, and I'd mentioned it to him when we were when we were talking about it when we pulled up, and I'm like, that wasn't there before. Um, so we went, got in, did our thing, immediately went upstairs because the, the flow of traffic to get into the place seemed like it was leading you right up that escalator. I thought, I thought it was upstairs. I thought everything was upstairs. Yeah. Ran right into, uh, our buddy, Tom DeSico. Just, just DJ Tom. I don't. Did he have a little table like he did last time? Yes, he did. 
uh, greeted us warmly. Um, says he wants to work with us again in the future. So whenever we start doing the con thing again, he wants to come back our way. Um, so, hey, Tom. Um, then we made our way downstairs. So Kevin can see the, what the, Con really now, was. What, the other thing that was upstairs was the, oh, um, the ga- panel room. Gaming, oh, oh, and the, the panel, ga- panel gaming room. And the gaming room. There's a panel room downstairs also. So wasn't there? No, no. the panel room was upstairs. Downstairs was, was the two uh, the two floors, te- technically, yep. the, the sales yep. floors, yep. Um, which we checked everything out. Um, again, Sam Chase has the uh, cardboard cutouts all through the place so you can take pictures. Um, Kev was able to find a, a piece for his collection. Yeah, I found I found the two that I was missing, and I only I could only stomach the price of one. Yeah, uh, the other one was, and, and I'm sure the one that I didn't get, which is a D23 Mando uh, from 2019, uh, the very first uh, pop uh, released for Mandalorian. Um, it was just, I mean. 280 bucks. I just can't do it. For a pop? Yeah. So when I started looking over a year ago, it was over 200 and I almost pulled the trigger at 240. Um, And I I just can't do it. Um, And the price just keeps going up and up. Now, this one particular one, just, I'll just throw this out there. It has two variants. One that you got at the actual con and then the other one, which they call a shared, which means it was released at retailers at the exact same time. So same exact thing inside the box, different stickers on the box that, that differentiated the two of them. And really the only thing that, that guarantees authenticity is you keeping the receipt or showing some kind of proof that you actually got it. And this is why the one from the con it goes for between eight hundred and a thousand dollars, and the the shared is the one that's two sixty two eighty right now. So, and and the 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 con one has gone up because it was five hundred year year and a half ago, and like I said, it's been eight hundred and a thousand now. And those aren't even those aren't even really expensive rare ones. Those are you know kind of moderately priced rare um, Funko Pop. Yikes! Yeah, I just couldn't do it though. I can't. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you one bit. I mean, that's that is a lot for a piece of plastic. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I've got. Just so anybody knows, if you're, if, if you're really curious, you're probably not. But I have what I consider a fairly complete Mandalorian collection, and um, I'm, I'm getting a little bit perturbed because the later ones that are coming out are not labeled Mandalorian. So uh, it's getting a little bit confusing, to be honest, because now with these spinoffs, um, it's it's going to get interesting. But anyway. How much was the one you did buy? Uh, $35. Um, so, and the one I did buy has two variants. Um, uh, it's Bo-Katan, Kreez, and it came with two ways. It came with their helmet on or with their helmet off. The one with the helmet off is a one in six chance of getting it. So ideally you go to a store and you see six of these on a shelf, 
one of them is without the helmet. They don't make it to the shelf because every pre everybody pre-ordered. Wait, them. you don't know what's in the box before you buy it? No, when you pre-order, it's a it's a chance of getting whatever. And the the regular price was like nine, ten dollars, whatever, whatever they normally go for. So and I did order a couple of them. Paul ordered one for me. I ordered one and a friend of mine ordered one. And all three of them came in what they call common, which is with the helmet. So no sticker, no nothing special. Um, this one fellow had quite a few on his, on his table and, um, Paul was kind of funny. He said he was getting ready to point out the common. He's like, Oh, here's Bo-Katan. I thought you're looking for that right next to it is the chase version. And, and he saw that and he's like, is this the one you're looking for? And it was, and it's now on my shelf. So, but, I, but that one. I mean, it's rare. It's hard to find. Um, it's probably anywhere from thirty to forty dollars right now. I mean, and it, and it just came out. I mean, they're they're just delivering them now, so so I'm, I, I was okay with that. Yeah, that one seems a little more manageable than two hundred and eighty dollars. Oh. Yeah, <clears throat> not, not. but uh, but we saw some really cool stuff. I mean. You know, Paul found a comic book dealer that had a, a whole, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, row box, box of, you know, boxes full of Moon Knight. And he almost thought he had one of the, what was the book that? Werewolf by do? Night. Werewolf by Night. He had a few, this guy on, had a on few the wall. rare copies. Yeah. But he did not have the one that Paul was looking for. And the guy yeah. knew immediately the one that Paul was looking for. Paul, tell him what the price of that what book was you're looking for. Yeah, Werewolf by Night number 32 now now goes for over a thousand dollars. Wow. Collectors be crazy, man. Yes. Bitches be crazy. But neat stuff. I mean, it wasn't that big, um, really. Um, it was it was it was okay. I mean, there was quite a few vendors there. Um and, and they had, you know, games and different kinds of toys. Um, a couple guys, or one guy in particular, well, I don't know if he recognized Geek Pod, but he saw that we had the same shirts on, and he came and he asked us about it. And him and Paul got in a conversation about um, uh, ghost hunting, I think, yes. and podcasting. So they do a podcast. So they're, I don't know, did you guys work out something? Not yet. I still have his card right here, though. They were the uh, brothers Gador, Matt and Mike. Um, their tagline is it doesn't matter where you start as long as you never stop they uh they do um vintage toys mostly the the rubber wrestling figures from the 80s yeah, yeah. uh they also apparently customized them they had some really wild shit there they they would repaint them in wild colors and then there was one that instead of a where its head should be it had a boot sticking out and they do all sorts of stuff. Uh, cool guys. This is them. If if this is gonna work, mm-hmm. yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um. Very nice guys. But like he said, he saw our shirt, and just from the name on the back, he definitely surmised ghost hunting. We got talking about that. Uh, I told him that if we ever do a hunt up towards Saratoga, that we'd let them tag along with us. Okay. They, so. they said something funny. He oh. goes. He goes, we're interested in it, but we're too scared to actually go on a hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys look like wrestlers. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's um, funny. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, we're completely sidestepping the the sole reason that I wanted to go back to Saratoga. Yeah, so we come around the back side of the main room, and uh, there was what three long tables that formed up to make one huge display of clerks. Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, and Scott Schiaffo were all there. Um, I was geeking out. That's no way around it. Um, uh, did O'Halloran remember you? No, he did not seem to. Did Did you bring it up or did you just play it like you hadn't interviewed him before? I, I brought it up a little while into it and he kind of politely was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, did not remember. You, you should have mentioned Grizzly Adams. Because I should have. have remembered. <laughs> but do you know? They, they were really good guys. So, I mean, they, they were, were awesome. They were having fun, and you know, and I mean, the the, the one fellow that that played, um, who was the guy uh, from the video store, the, the Randall. That's Randall. Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson jumped in to a picture with you with the Julie's guy. Yes, I was uh, getting my picture with Scott Schiaffo because I had already gotten my my picture with both Brian and Jeff. We, we talked, we hung out. Jeff talked to me for a while while he was signing and stuff. Yeah. Super, super nice guy. So glad I finally got to meet him. It's one of those where it's the don't meet your heroes, but this is the reason is because they will surpass like how you feel about them. He was so great making jokes. I, I made the joke about our podcast, about our two listeners. And he goes, yeah, those two being Brian and I. And I was like, I wish, man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so then after we got done with them and moved on, I went over to talk to Scott. Um, he also autographed my clerk's DVD, autographed my pack of Chulies gum that I had to buy there, and then got a picture. And we're sitting there taking the pictures, and I'm watching Kevin, and I'm seeing something out of the corner of my eye, and all of a sudden, Jeff jumps up out of his chair and just, yeah. like, photo bombs my picture <laughs> with it. So I, I ended up yeah. getting a second photo op with with randall so yeah, I, cool. and it was really cool the backdrop they had there was the the quick stop so yep. that's we super assure awesome. you we're open yes yes they're now selling t-shirts with that on it yeah oh the my t-shirts god t-shirts actually look pretty good yes uh and then we went across the aisle mm-hmm. to someone who did remember me this was this was fun this was a fun uh yeah ming chen re- reunion yeah, and uh, we we were waiting our turn because there was a guy in front of us who I think he must have had a podcast or something, coerced yeah. Ming into doing a um, a video for him of announcing their show or whatever, which is the same kind of thing I thought about doing, but I didn't. Uh, so when that guy walks away, Ming just yells out, hey, Geek Pod, and my jaw just dropped. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. like, you remember me? He goes, yeah, man. And, and we sat there and talked for what, five, ten minutes? And he wasn't just pulling your leg either. He remembered going out with you guys, spending yes. all night, the places you guys went. He wasn't just throwing, you know, throwing smoke. He actually remembered. He, he was a good shit. Uh, he also referenced uh, the Syracuse show that Bri and uh, Mike came to. So they clearly told <laughs> stories. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So um, it was awesome. We, we had that, such a good time. 
it's cool to know that those moments didn't end right there for us. They, they continued on a little bit, yes. even if it wasn't an, an important impact, you know, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he did also say that there's a kind of an oddball show in Buffalo that he goes to every year. And he said, he suggested that we try to get on the show with him next year. Okay. So. Any particular reason why? Um, it sounded like he just wants to hang out again, but uh, the show is oddball because it's a comic book convention that takes place in the guy's backyard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He said something else, too. What's that? What did I miss? That if you're ever in New Jersey, stop by their studio. Oh, yes. He said so just, just shared drop in. Really? Yes, because it, that started off with me telling the story about going to Red Bank in September. And we were talking about it and I made the crack. I'm like, yeah, I, I was, I was told we ran out of time, so I couldn't make it over to a shared universe. And he was like, oh my God. He goes, you went to the stash? I'm like, yeah, he was he goes, not you were five it. minutes away. He was not having it. He was not happy. You did not stop by. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I wasn't even sure if it was okay to just stop in there. And he goes, definitely. He goes, and he, he told me to tell my wife that he was not happy that we didn't stop by, which I, yep. I did relay the message and, and she yep. was not impressed. So. Uh, who? Ming who? <laughs> oh no, she knows who Ming is. <laughs> uh, but it was it was awesome. Uh, caught up with Sam Chase again. Um, there was also the he also alluded to the fact that we he might be reaching out to us again for another show. So we might be invited back to Saratoga. Well, I mean, if if we can get out of all this COVID bullshit, you know, it would be nice to get back to the convention circuit. That's a lot of yes. fun. Yeah, I, I wonder think what that's like sober. You'll have to let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take I, notes. And... If I go, I have no intention of doing that. I'll tell you all about it while you nurse your hangover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you know what I did see in between the, the murder motel we stayed at and the convention center? I saw this really cool little park. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just a nice wooded area. Was, was, there, was there Chinese there? There were some flies in this one area. No, but there was a there was a nice note from a homeless guy saying thanks for the Thai food. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I can't say enough. We had a, we had a blast. It took us longer to drive up and back than the time we spent there. But and we and we I mean we circled the the, the one big room a couple times, you know. And... Yeah, to make sure we got the full thing. We had lunch there. I forgot about that. Yeah, food yep. sucked. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Um, their configuration was a little bit different this time. They had a giant fucking bounce house in one corner. Oh. Yeah. Kids just scream at the top of their fucking lungs. Oh. That's what they do. Kev <laughs> yeah, wasn't impressed with that part. Not with that part. No. Uh, but a great time. Still, Saratoga is still a great show. Go check it out. Uh, they'll be back I right believe, now. In right the now, go there now. Yes, no, they won't there. be there. And tell, but go ahead. and tell them yeah. Paul Showen sent you. Yeah. And when they say Beat there's the no doors. convention, bang on the doors until the police arrive, and tell them Paul Showen yeah. sent you. No shit. I'm okay with this. How's well, it going to come back to me? That's all. Well, I'm say. Did you ever figure out who that girl was supposed to be? The one uh, that got the picture with the two guys at the clerk's booth. She was. Uh, had a gun, no. a leather jacket. I have no idea who. Brown she's... leather jacket, um, jeans, and she had a gun strapped onto her. 
I mean, she Laura wasn't Croft. Laura Croft. No, it wasn't Laura Croft. Because uh, I, I would think that she would have two guns if she was playing Laura Croft. And she probably would have had a brown wig. But no, this was a, a blonde. And, and less clothing. Yes, usually. I mean, if she did the, you know, the, the video game. Character. And she was carrying around a plant. Yeah. I don't know if that was a thing with it. Had to have been. Had to have been. So. I just, I have no idea. There was a few characters that I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. One of which was Raven from uh, Titans. The comic book style Raven. Uh, I Right. I knew I recognized her. I just couldn't place it because of the stone in her forehead. I'm like, I know, I know who that is. But and she and she she looked at me and smiled and I almost said something to her, but it was when we first got there and I was still feeling kind of weird about like looking at people and talking to them. I, I, and I and she's all like, on. "Hey, Magnum." Well, yeah, I don't think that's what she said. <laughs> you totally should have worn the outfit. She's, you could have cosplayed. I'm she glad we said didn't. something more like, "Who's that old fucker and what the hell is he doing here?" <laughs> but uh, no, I saw her later on and I and I should have said something to her then. I would have liked to get uh, gotten a picture from her, of her. And the other one that I saw that I didn't get a picture of was a woman doing the cosplay of uh, Wanda, uh, the Red Witch. Yes. And hers was freaking yes. amazing. She Phenomenal Scarlet little, Witch costume. She had this crystal thing that she held in her hand with uh, something like a like a little glow. She must have had string or something in between. And she oh, was... you know what it was? What? It was Vision's uh, Mind Stone, I think. I think it was in there. It was crystal. The whole thing was crystal because when she had her hands above and below it, you couldn't see the crystal. You could only see the thing that she would have had, like like she was creating it as mm-hmm. a, like a like a piece of magic. Unless it was like a like a a piece of magic. There's a title. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that might have been what it was. But I mean, it looked fantastic. I mean, the you know the full the full outfit. And it was another woman there with the original Mando we saw. Yeah. He was dressed like Maleficent. That's who I was trying yep. to think who that was. She did. A, she did a good uh, uh, a good job on that. We saw a couple Mandos. One of them was really good. Was was the Mando Din Djarin from the from the show? We saw a couple others that were just generic. You know, I'm a Mandalorian. What? Look at me! Yay! And then. Uh, and then the the Boba Fett we saw, this guy walks over and goes, hey, Mando! And I'm like, that's not Mando, fucker. But whatever. All right. I think we about covered it. What do you think? Yep. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to, uh, what, are you, what are you guys watching right now? What, what are we streaming? Oh, my God. So much. Do you want to start then, Kev? Yeah, I'll run through this real quick. Um... God, I hope the wife's not listening. I watched Red Notice. I can't say that out loud because she wants to see it. Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot. It was really good, actually. It was the night, it was the first night it was on Netflix. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk anymore about that one. It was, it was really good. Um, I just, and I spelled it wrong in the notes, I just got a note right, like, I don't know, seven, six, six thirty, seven o'clock tonight. Season three of Hannah dropped in nice. uh, amazon prime uh you it, it, you know what that is you guys have you seen any of that watched it so no. there, there was a movie in 11 2011 i think 
was the original movie Hannah, a girl. So there was a breeding program and they trained these girls to be assassins, you know, from a very young age. The father changes his mind, steals her away, trains him, trains her himself. And, you know, the, the, the people want her back the whole bit, you know, so that's what the whole movie's about. The series does a really good job of really expanding on the detail around it and a little bit more of the story and, and the, 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 you know, chasing, chasing her down or whatever. So season three just dropped and, um, I can, we really can't wait to see it because it's really, really good. Um, we, we really like that one. Um, and, you know, the wife and I saw Shang-Chi uh, finally the mm-hmm. other night. And Such a good movie. So good. So good. It was. I just, I just liked everything about it. I love the big, the big lion dragon things. I want one. <laughs> oh, man. Those things were cool as fuck. Yes. And the dragons fighting and the whole oh it was awesome. I loved it. I loved the whole thing. Can't wait to see more of it. And the and the and I'm gonna call it three stingers at the end, even though it's really two. Um, but in my mind it's three because the very ending of the movie kind of ends with them after all the story and they're back kind of in their own lives. Mm-hmm. But then there's two stingers after that. So if you don't yes. if you haven't watched the movie. Or if you have and you didn't realize that there was actually two stingers at the end, you got to go back and you got to watch it. Okay. I have two. One, one's a quick one. Um, Friday night for the, the mega awesome weekend thing, uh, like I said, we went and saw The Eternals. Uh, very good movie. Uh, it's another win for the MCU. I enjoyed it. It gets a little bloated because there's way too many main characters in the movie. Uh, it's got a really good twist that I didn't see coming. Uh, and once again, two after credit scenes. So make sure you stick around for them. Uh, what the first after credit scene brought a smile to my face. And the second one, it gives you a holy shit moment. If you know what the, the disembodied voice is. Are they, I just gotta, I'm going to try to ask this without giving too much away because I haven't seen it. Are they somehow some way tying the character from Eternals into the MCU yes. regular. Okay. okay. And all the explanations that you're going to need are in it. Okay. So they, uh, they thought it out, but the bigger one for me, other than that is uh masters of the universe revelation part two. Yep. I saw that dropped. Have not had a chance to watch it yet. Watched it all last night. Of course you did. <laughs> and I have notes. Uh, episode one of the second half is absolutely brutal and it's heart wrenching. Um, the series is doing an excellent job of expanding the mythos while honoring what's come before. Um, Hamill Skeletor is fucking awesome, but definitely reminiscent of his Joker. Uh, there's some deep cut cameos in it and this isn't giving anything away, but we see characters like Goatman, Wondar, and Wondar, if, if you guys know, was a, like a, an action figure from the original line. And it, all it was was a, a, a mail-away figure from Wonder Bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they made him an actual character now. Oh. It's ba- it was basically a repainted He-Man. And Blade, one of the villains from the, the fucking Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie. Wow. Yeah. He shows up. 
Um, I, I, I don't want to say much of anything to give anything away, but um, there, there's a point in the show where I, I definitely got a Rhea Ripley vibe off of one of the characters. Okay. I can't I can't finish saying it because it will ruin okay. a surprise for you. <clears throat> and then they definitely put a stinger. Well, it's not a stinger. It's the end scene at the last episode of shit coming. That's for okay. sure. I just have to say, does it re? not that the first half needed redemption, but does it redeem the first half as we hoped? Yes. OK. That's Takes a while to get there, but it does. Um, but that's all I've got. I couldn't say enough good things about this show. I loved it. Loved it. Is Masters of the Universe is the one that has the big green cat? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's I looked up to toys from there. I wanted to make sure. Yeah. Um, I told Paul this little piece of trivia that I know, and I, I'm not really I don't really remember how I know this, uh, but I didn't hear it that long ago. But that big cat wasn't actually part of the Masters of the Universe original uh, uh, cartoon. They added it because they already had that cat as a toy and they couldn't sell it. So they added the cat to Masters of the Universe, rebranded it so they could sell the toys that they had already made. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He, <laughs> he dropped that knowledge on me there on the way to the con, I believe. That's that's the whole reason any of those cartoons existed was to sell toys. Oh, one hundred percent. Or or bread. I mean, we're gonna go buy some Wonder Bread. Well, I, I have mine's quick as well. Um, two things. First of all, um, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho is fucking phenomenal, and it it's I don't want to say it starts off slow. It starts off, and I think to myself, this is not the kind of movie I thought it would be. And then about 30 minutes in, it starts to get dark and uh, trippy. And it definitely turned into the kind of movie I hoped it would be. Matt Smith puts in a brilliant performance, finally getting to play a bad guy for once. Nice. Because uh, they, they almost never let him do it. But, I mean, this Edgar Wright, this guy that made Ant-Man. Yes. He knows how to make movies. This movie is fucking great. I've wanted one, to see this for a while. Yeah, 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 one of the best movies I've watched this year. Um, the other one uh, I rented this week was... Um, the, la the latest James Bond, No Time to Die. Um, all I've got to say is that um, great movie. Uh, definitely shows that this has been, this five movies have been one big long story. They're nice. all interconnected right up into the end. And I'll tell you this, it ended in a way I certainly didn't see coming and didn't expect. It's the it ending I think it is right that's been ruined for me. Probably, yeah. Okay. And I'm just like, and then it says James Bond will return at the end. And I'm like, really <laughs> okay yes we're talking about the same thing I'm like, okay i mean it, it works thematically and it probably the movie's stronger for it but i'm just like that's never happened before right interesting but i mean other than that though the movie was fucking great i mean <laughs> all all five of uh, daniel craig's movies have been really good i mean they're the the highest quality bond movies we've ever gotten uh, for sure. And I'm not going to say he's the best band because some bond because someone will get their panties in a bunch. Um, but I will say he's been a great bond. And nice. uh, it's kind of tough to imagine somebody topping this. Awesome. Neat. Neat. Here it is. Um, I just want to read this real quick. Uh, uh, then marketing VP Mattel 
Paul Cleveland recounts the story that while the decision was made for He-Man to have some sort of vehicle, they no longer had the budget to be able to produce one. The decision was then made to repurpose the Tiger from the Big Jim toy line. The Tiger was, however, not the same scale as the He-Man figure, and compared to He-Man, was about the size of a horse. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, however, insisted it be used, even after artist Tony Guerrero made a green version in an attempt to dis- discourage Cleveland, who insisted, who, who instead suggested simply putting a saddle on it, which is Selton and Battle Cat's final design. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's perfect. Fucking Mattel. (laughs) Whatever. That's just freaking hilarious. You gotta love it. All right. I think that about wraps things up. Are you guys ready for some wisdom nuggets? Drop your nuggets. People often worry about what kind of world we're leaving for our kids. Maybe we should think about what kind of kids we're leaving for the planet. (laughs) Good night, everybody, and megabyte me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production.